Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. These are the Casey Tapes. You, man, and Favaz explore the backstories and interviews heard on Casey, the longest running rock station in the country. Welcome to the Casey Tapes Podcast. I'm John Hewlett, along with... Favaz. And hello, everybody. <laughs> Let's get to another one of our fantastic interviews. This one comes from a recent interview you did with Ian Gillen, formerly, well, currently, I think, still with Deep Purple. We did, and it was a year ago. Oh, we did it together. Yeah, we did oh, it together wow. when we did the morning show, wow. and uh, we're doing it back, and uh, first time that we're putting it in, putting it on the uh, Casey Tapes Podcast, and... Uh, Yes, Ian Gillen of Deep Purple, the guy that sang Smoke on the Water, that that played Jesus Christ and Jesus Christ Superstar, and you said he's yeah. still with Deep Purple, and he's amazing. Yeah, you know? yeah, one of the great voices, rock voices of all time. For and, sure. And we got him right here on the podcast. All right, uh, I'm trying to think. First time, I, first time I ever played a Deep Purple song, I think, on Casey was... Uh, Child in Time, Child which in he time. then recorded, which he then recorded on his solo album. Oh, and I just it's stuck in my head. Sweet Child in Time, and he sounds just like that too. Yeah, I'm sure, just like it. It's fantastic. Yeah. Oh, I, oh, I could get sued for for singing their music on a podcast. <laughs> All right, here we go. This is Ian Gillen with Favaz and myself a year ago or so. Yeah, and of course I've got the I have the buttons pushed right. Hold on. It's a KC Morning Rock Show. It is Kenny Wayne Shepherd, Favaz, you man here. It's 834 and with us on the phone. He's a little bit early, but we'll take him. Yeah. Ian Gillen from yeah. Deep Purple. Good morning, Mr. Gillen. Hello, how are you? Um, we're doing okay. Uh, it's a pleasure to have you uh, on here and I'll get to the new Deep Purple record in a second. But I have to ask you, what is it like to be on one of the most iconic songs of all time? Because this is my first chance in asking you, uh, "Smoke on the Water." What? What's that like? Uh, it's it's it's, <laughs> it's tough question. No, well, I, yeah, you never gotten that question before. Come listen, on, listen. Yeah, he says it. Yeah. Okay. <clears throat> I don't think anyone's ever asked me that before. It's, really? It's really? Very, How about that? Wow, nobody's ever asked him that before? That song? Yeah. Oh, I mean, that is just unreal. Or maybe he was being facetious. Well, I don't, know. I don't know. It's very nice. It's very nice to have stuff like that in the repertoire, in the in the show. There's uh, a lot of stuff in that era that uh, we still keep in the show, and uh, obviously that's that's one that's known all around the world. Strange thing about that, that was just a throwaway track, you know, on the album Machine Head. Right. And we were short the material. The producer, the producer said we're seven minutes short, guys. So we took a um, a sound. Uh, it was it was a warm up track just to get a sound check, and that was Smoke on the Water backing track. And uh, Roger and I wrote the lyrics. The, the Roger Glover story mm-hmm. of you know the casino burning down, the fire, right. and yeah. uh, what happened in Montreux during those uh, tumultuous days. It was. Uh, so it's very much part of our history as well as part of our musical life. Yeah, it's funny how that turns out uh, to be a, a, a song that is 
iconic. Yeah. And it's one, like you said, it was a throwaway song. It was on the second side of uh, Machine Head, too, with Lazy and Space Trucking. I mean, that, what a great side, that entire side that turned out to be. <laughs> yeah, we had no idea. In fact, nobody had any idea. And uh, a guy called Rush Shaw from Warner Brothers came to a show in America one day, and he saw the, saw the reaction of the audience to Smoke on the Water. And he'd, had, he'd hardly heard it. And he looked at the album, huh. sort of seven minutes, okay, we took it in the studio, didn't edit down to three minutes, ten, and bang, it was played on the radio all over the world and, you know, the following week, and uh, it, it still is. Mm-hmm. It's, it's Unreal that it, that was a throwaway song. Mm-hmm. And yeah. it turned out to be one of the biggest songs ever in rock history. Yeah. Yeah, there are other <laughs> examples of that that artists will tell you. Well, I never thought that yeah. song was going to be a big hit. Bob Seger never thought Still the Same was going to be much of a song. Hmm. And it was yeah. the biggest song off of uh, off that album, Stranger in Town. Yeah. Quite amazing. But, you know, that's just lucky. Uh, some guy, some A&R guy spotted it. Otherwise, it would have never um, been uh, so well-known as it is. Wow, that is crazy. All right, so Deep Purple has a new record called Turning to Crime. It'll be out next week. Uh, who is- How'd it sell? <laughs> Don't ask me that, Jeff. <laughs> Foss and I are always harsh on, on these old artists who keep putting out new music that nobody buys. Yeah. But, uh, you know, uh, you can't blame them for trying and wanting to con- continue on to be creative. They are artists, right. but uh, they're doing it for themselves for the most part. Well, I, yeah, yeah, because, uh, you know, if they're on a label or whatever, it costs some money. They Do they make that money back? I yeah. just don't think so. No. Yeah. Is left in the band these days, uh, Ian, from uh, Deep Purple? Well, the founder member, Ian Pace, on drums, uh, Roger Glover and myself, Ian Gillen, who joined in 1969, <laughs> Steve Morse on... Talk about himself there, yes. ...guitar, who replaced Richie Blackmore when he... Well, he's still on guitar? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, Steve Morse. Now, Steve Morse, yeah. 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 Now, Steve has left the band uh, since then because his wife is, is uh, gravely ill, oh. and he wanted to be by her side, so oh, he's wow. pretty yeah. much yeah. left the band. Steve Wolf, he's been with us for over a quarter of a century now. And uh, when John Lord passed away... Uh, Steve Morris, he was in Kansas for a little yes. while. Dixie and, uh, Dregs. Dixie Dregs, yeah. yeah. He's been in some great bands. Mm-hmm. Uh, in fact, just before he did, a year or so before, Don Airy with John's Blessing. In fact, they appeared on stage together, um, took over, and was just the best possible replacement we could have had. So the band has been stable for a long time, and... Uh, yeah. There's a kind of human chemistry that really works for us now. So, uh, very happy and That's uh, good. Yeah. Still, uh, a lot of energy. We're speaking with Ian Gillen, lead singer of Deep Purple, longtime lead singer. Will you tour and support that album? Will you come to the United States and play here? Yeah, we're always on. <laughs> this last couple of years have been so frustrating. I haven't seen them around here in decades. In, in the, at the pageant they play, I can't say that I've ever seen them. Oh, they have come they, recently? They have. I, Within the last five years, yes, huh? Yes, I think I've heard I listeners don't talking about that it, at all. But but I have not. Uh, I have not gone. Yes, of course we will. Uh, I think at the moment what they've done is they've transplanted the the 2020 tour into 22, and that's mm-hmm. all European. Mm-hmm. So tw- apart from uh, some Florida dates in February, um, and then the USA will be in 23. Ah, I see. Hey, Ian, let me ask you about Jesus Christ Superstar. 
Okay, do you mind talking about that? Which, which, <laughs> John? Yeah. Uh, which we play still in its entirety every Easter evening. Mm-hmm. Uh, that is just uh, our way of yeah. giving thanks to the lard. Yeah, the lard. <laughs> and, and it's the original uh, uh, recordings. Yes. Of, of, it was the first year that that, that uh, rock opera was out, and we, we play the original soundtrack. Yeah. Andrew Easter. Lloyd Webber yeah. and uh, Tim, uh, Tim Rice. Tim yeah, Rice. They, they wrote the whole yeah, thing. That's you know? right, yeah. Yvonne Elliman sings on there. Yes. She's uh, Mary Magdalene, isn't she? Yes, she is. Yeah. Well, she played that in the movie. Yes, and she's that in the uh, in yeah. the soundtrack right there. And she's also a good friend with Eric Clapton. Was on yeah. some of Clapton's records. Yeah, and 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 uh, Judas was Murray Head, wasn't he? Murray Head was in the band. I don't or in on that record. I'm not sure. Yeah. I thought he was Caiaphas. Oh, maybe he was Caiaphas. Yeah, yeah. 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 Okay, so how the what hell? Do you did, want to know? <laughs> that, What's it like me and Jesus? <laughs> There's an awful lot to tell, so if you focus in on what you want, that'd be cool. Okay, um, first of all, uh, I have it on vinyl. It is just, we play it every Easter here at Casey. Um, how the hell did you get the role of Jesus Christ for that particular soundtrack or whatever it was? Rock opera. Well, well, um, they had had a hit record with the song Jesus Christ Superstar, which was kind of a pop hit, uh, but the, the opera hadn't been written. When it was, I got a call from Tim Rice. So the song was out before the rock opera was written. Wow. I don't think I knew that. Yeah. I don't think I don't remember that either. Who had heard me singing with Deep Purple and uh, said, you know, we'd like you to play Jesus. Um, <laughs> and we got a, 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 can, and you said, Jesus Christ. <laughs> can, can you do that? I said, well, I'm kind of busy at the moment. We're working every day next week. And uh, he said, well, I've got a studio book for Wednesday morning. Can you do that? I said, yeah, we've got a gig in the evening, but that'll be fine. And so I went round to his apartment with uh, Andrew Lloyd Webber. And they were... Wow. Tim gave me the music, the, the lyrics. And Andrew, he said, Andrew will play the tune for you. He said, what we'd like you to do is to uh, sing it in your own way, to improvise, to stretch out a bit like you do with Deep Purple. <laughs> And Andrew looked over his shoulder and said, yes, yes, yes. He said, but not too much. (laughs) (laughs) I kind of knew where I was was at. It was fantastic because it was such a beautifully written tune. It was intuitive. It went where you wanted it to go. And the lyrics, of course, were, I mean, historical genius of Tim Rice. It's just uh, the way he brings historical characters into, into your face, you know, right away. So I did the whole album in three hours that morning. and oh um, The whole album in three hours? Wow. You can wow. hear our reaction, too. Yeah. Wow. At which point, Tim, at the end, conveniently... You know, sometimes when you're doing these interviews, and good interviewers are supposed to be listening to what the people that yes. you're interviewing are saying, and, and then you take off on what they might say. Mm-hmm. I'm, I missed half this, because yeah. I was trying to think of my questions for, for him, and and I'm I'm just picking up stuff now that I never heard before. Yeah, and it's unreal when when he actually when we actually interviewed him. Yeah, not the beginning. Tim said, "That's why we do this." Exactly. Um, I'm sorry to have to tell you, but uh, we've run out of money. He said, so we can't pay you. All <laughs> <laughs> oh, right. Okay. <laughs> oh my. I said, okay. It, it's, he said, "Would a royalty be acceptable?" <laughs> oh. Oh, oh yes, of course it would. Yeah. Okay. So he said, how, how about a penny a record? I said, yeah, okay, that'll do. No problem. <laughs> so, wow. And uh, the only thing I had trouble with was the sayings from the cross. And uh, because that 
needed a little acting experience to deliver those. I was over selling mm-hmm. it, and I was, it, it sounded ridiculous. So I, I went back to a, for another half an hour session to do that. And Tim gave me some great advice. He said, don't think of Jesus Christ in this context as a great uh, messiah or religious figure. Think of him as an historical figure, you know, like Bonaparte or, you know, Churchill or mm-hmm. Genghis Khan or whatever it might be. Mm-hmm. But think of Christ as an historical character, and then it won't be so overwhelming when you say the words. And that was a great help to me. Oh, and uh, it made it a lot more human. And uh, so that was... Uh, that was that was a load of fun, and uh, I'm, I couldn't believe it. But I got in the in, in my house last week in the mail the 50th anniversary edition, um, which has got a fantastic hundred-page book in it. And uh, wow, I, it, and it's awesome. It's not been remixed; it's been remastered, and it mm-hmm. sounds incredible. Oh, that's awesome. I know the engineer Alan O'Duffy who recorded all the all this all the. Engineers. You know, I, I have that record at home, and I remember as a mm-hmm. kid listening to it a lot. Yep. And the the recording of it was had some uh, discrepancies. The uh, volumes were up and down, mm-hmm. and uh, I, I remember it being kind of rudimentary sounding. Do you remember that when you listened to it? Uh, I, I on, don't. I, I didn't listen to it like maybe yeah, like you yeah, did, yeah. but but I, I was, still I was a much better Christian than you. Well, yeah. Yes, you were. Uh, but 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 I still have the book. Do you have the book? I have the album at home, so I probably have the book. Well, you better have that book, uh, young better, man. You better start reading or it. Or Father Flanagan will t- <laughs> will give you the 20 wax. Yeah, yeah. Where? <laughs> Joe Cocker's grease band and the, the orchestra on that session. And uh, we met up a couple of years ago at the Royal Opera House in Covent Garden. And uh, some great memories of the session where yeah. he pretended that he'd fumbled the recording of the orchestra and... To their fury, they had to play it again, huh. and they were very kindly doing that. In fact, he, <laughs> in fact, he wanted to double track the audience, so he pretended he hadn't recorded them the first time and oh. got them to play again to save the doubling <laughs> fee that they always charge. Uh, yeah. Wow! Explain that to—I I missed it. So he, he did not. He said he did not record the audience the first time, uh, but there was a doubling fee if you record you know, any part of the record twice, they they make up a doubling fee. Uh-huh. Well, he didn't, he pretended that he didn't record the audience the first time. Oh, so but he, he did, oh, and he yeah. lied about that. Oh, wow. Yeah. Way to go. Well, at least they didn't make you carry the cross into the Garden of Gethsemane. I mean, you, you kind of got a break in that, in that regard, right? I did, indeed. Yes, 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 yes see? <laughs> that was John's attempted humor at the time. <laughs> I mean, Jesus had to carry the cross into the Garden of Gethsemane. Well, so as he, as Jesus Christ, he didn't have to do but it. But did he have to carry it, you know, through Jerusalem up to his death? That's the harder. That was the harder carry. Yeah, and You're he right. did not carry the cross in Gethsemane, now that I think about it. He did He did not, no. That's where he was betrayed. That's where he got the kiss of death. So, oh, he, so. Well, at some point he was carrying the cross. Right, but they gave that to him on his way to his death, so he oh, had to carry it through so the streets of oh, Jerusalem. Oh, he up didn't to... have it in the Garden of no, Gethsemane. No, he did not. Well, neither did uh, Ian. Uh, yeah, Gillen, apparently so, yeah, Ian he did. got <laughs> off. He got off too. He got off just as easy as Jesus did. Okay, and, good. Also, and on the bonus side, I got to meet Yvonne Elliman, who I'm still in touch oh, with. Yeah. Oh yeah, Yvonne Elliman. Yeah. Yeah, Yvonne yeah. Elliman. How cool yeah, is that? that yeah. Cool. Yeah. Well, in 1976, you were, you started a solo career too for a while when you weren't in Deep Purple, and you released an album called Child in Time, which is a 10 minute track that I love, and I've always wanted to do this in front of you. Sweet child in time. 
What do you think, Ian? Well, that's awesome. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I nailed it. I, I felt like I nailed it. And I and, and he, he agreed, although he was, I don't think he was. I think he's full of shit. Yeah, I don't but, think he was uh, I don't it. know. We'll see. Let's see if he says anything Let's else. see what he says. Okay. And uh, that's why you're a DJ, right? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. But you put out a lot of solo albums and along with your with your band Gillen. <laughs> that was, that was yeah, the- I know. None of them sold, and that's why I'm back in Deep Purple, asshole. <laughs> the fun days. There was just an explosion of energy. I was out of Deep Purple and full of, um, you know, full of ideas and mixing with some incredible young musicians. And, uh, yeah, we just went on the road. And some of the touring we did during those times were unreal. I mean, in the Soviet Union, I went from St. Petersburg in the west through Moscow, through Georgia, through Chechnya, the Caucasus Mountains, up to Mahachkala in Dagestan. The first Western artist to ever appear in any of these countries. Hmm. It was... uh, Scary, probably. Yeah. An adventure from beginning to end. Yeah. Wow, that's pretty cool. Those those weren't the the times when... uh, the Iron Curtain had fallen. You were going behind the curtain, really, weren't you? Yeah, it was on the cusp. It yeah, was just on, on the cusp. cusp. I'd been yeah. before the wall came down on a couple of short tours, and then my long tour was just after the Berlin Wall came down, and things were beginning to open up. It was just, uh, but you know, nothing had changed for a thousand years, to be honest. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right, so once again, Turning to Crime is the name of the new Deep Purple album. It'll be out November 26th, and uh, we hope you come to St. Louis, and it would be great to see uh, Deep Purple with Steve Morse on guitar and, and all that. And I know, I think you've played the pageant before, Ian. Do you remember that place? I think I do, yes, that's right. I think I've got a poster from that, actually, in my collection. Really? Okay. Mm. Well, hopefully it'll be yeah, there. I, I collect posters. Oh, I, my I God. Got about 3,000 oh. Wow, 3,000 posters with Deep Purple on them. That's worth some jack. Yeah, no kidding. Oh, man. That is awesome. What a collection. Wow. Well, I got a post. I got a poster for my Dusty Springfield tour in 1965. Oh, and, uh, wow. Dusty Springfield. Wow. Holy smokes. Some of those... Some of the stinking clubs we used to play in in, in in those days, in the basement clubs, the blues clubs, and all that sort of thing in Germany and London and Liverpool. It was, the, yeah, it's, it's a nice collection. Wow, you do have a good yeah. one. Huh. What are you, you going to do with that? I don't know. I'm going to hang on to it because it's all, I've given everything else away for charity auctions. And I looked around one day and thought, hey, it's all gone. <laughs> <laughs> wow. All I have now... I'm not about to start giving away my posters, so... Uh, yeah. well, don't do that. No, yeah. don't do that. Yeah, don't do yeah. that. Yeah. But, but if you do, give them to us. Yeah. This is your stepchildren. <laughs> you know, will it that to was us John Hewlett today. <laughs> so that, okay. All right. Well, Ian Gillen, it was a pleasure yeah. speaking to you, yeah. and uh, good luck. Uh, you know, uh, happy Thanksgiving. Merry Christmas and all that. One. Hopefully, we'll Thank see you, you in 2022. Yeah. All right. Okay, mate. That's great talking to you. Thank you. All right. Here is woman from Tokyo. Wow, so, what, what a great dude. He he was. And it's actually 2023 is when Deep Purple will uh, tour the United States. So it could be next year. Oh, yeah. Steve Morris might be back in the band by then. I, mm-hmm. I, I don't know. but mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, but he was fun. Yeah, I know, man. He was, uh, he's, he's got a good memory of stuff and willing to share, willing to talk. I wish we could have had more time with him, but we were on one of those clock interviews, right? Didn't right. they have us on the clock? I, I don't remember. To, I don't remember. Yeah, or else we could have talked to him for yeah. a, a much longer time period, but. Yeah, and uh, especially when you sang uh, Child in Time or whatever. Sweet Child in Time. Sweet Child in Time. Yes, he really liked that, John. Yeah, I could tell. (laughs) 
All right. Well, uh, let's see. You can follow me on Twitter at STLUman. On Instagram, I'm Johnny Hewlett. And- Instagram, Twitter, Casey Guy. And on Facebook, Casey 95 Favaz. All right. Thanks for listening to our podcast today, The Casey Tapes with Ian Gillen of Deep Purple. AMF. The Casey Tapes with you, man, and Favaz. For more on the history of Casey, go to Casey95.com or the Casey mobile app.